around here, we believe that the way you approach the game can honestly reflect on how you approach life later on. And we are in baseball player development, but overall, we're in human development. We're trying to elevate everybody in the Valley. If everybody can get better, then we all just got better. If my barrel releases and I'm a little bit late, it's a rocket to right. My barrel releases on perfectly on time, it's a rocket to center. If I'm a little bit early, it goes out of the yard. We don't try to mold you to the way we hit. We look at the way you hit and we try to mold you to the way your body's gonna work the best. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we are here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. And we'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners, and we're happy to grow with you again. And we'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. On this episode, we sit down with Goose Kalunki from Real Athlete Baseball Academy. Goose had a three-year professional career and in college was a first-team All-American and also was a semifinalist for the Golden Spikes Award. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad. Here's Goose Kalunki. Welcome back to the farm system. We're sitting down with Goose Kalunki from Real Athlete Baseball Academy. Goose, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to sit down and chat with us here at the farm system. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, hey, Goose, the reason we wanted to have you on is, you know, you bring a lot of value from um, not only here in Utah, but some things that you're do- currently doing right now. So you wanted to really dive into a lot of those things and see, you know, what you think your impact's going to be and what's going to be going on uh, throughout these next this next year at your academy and also, um, you know, dive into a little bit of your, your college career. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up here in uh, Orm, Utah, and uh, went to Orm High, went to UVU, and just didn't really have much guidance i guess to to go off of me and my pops we uh we learned how to hit online pretty much and and built a batting cage in our backyard and did it all our own way so uh when i got done playing i realized crap what am i going to do with my life i love baseball and i've done this every day all day for my whole life so i decided hey why why stop and i got an opportunity to jump into a facility in orem and uh, we were 2,500 square feet of turf and had a couple cages and started to grow out. And uh, really, we had a basketball court, too, so we really focused on that. Um, but obviously, my passion for baseball led me to the turf side. And uh, we, got, we grew out of that pretty, pretty quickly and moved into our new uh, facility over just across the street, which is 8,000 square feet now. Uh, gives us the office space to really, you know, maximize and, and turn into what we want to become, which is a, an overall development facility where any kind of any baseball player, whether he's trying to make the A team for eighth grade, the the varsity team, he's trying to make JV, he's trying to get to make an indie roster or a college roster, come here and get better. We we base every every training on that kid's personal goals and what he wants to do. And we interview each kid before he comes in here, and uh, and we we partnered up with Norm Performance to make sure that all of our training is up to par, and make sure that we're advancing 
with the whole world and how that's that's rocking make sure our kids are training smart trying to prevent injuries uh we have our recovery room on its way and all that kind of stuff is just stuff that i learned as you get as you get on into more serious ball and more serious about taking care of your body the recovery the strength is just important as knowing how to actually put the barrel to the ball so i'm just trying to provide a source for and when i say i i mean we we have about six coaches now uh, on our staff. And when I say coaches, I mean dedicated staff that is here for every hour trying to say, hey, how do we, how do we make these kids better today? How, are we, how do we improve their inner clock? How do we improve their strength? How do we improve their mental state? Uh, you know, how do we improve the, just the way they approach the game? Because around here, we believe that the way you approach the game can honestly reflect on how you approach life later on. And we are in baseball player development, but overall we're in human development. And so that's kind of the, I, I think that sports matter to a lot of people and a lot of other people don't understand why they matter. But as long as these kids have a place, if it matters to them, they have a place to go, then we're going to be around for a long time. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty cool to see um, the growth you've had and kind of the momentum you're gaining here in the state of Utah. Kind of before we really dive into that th- stuff, can you maybe tell our listeners a little bit about your um, playing career and kind of that journey that it took you on kind of get to this point with the academy? Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, uh, you know, Orem High, uh, UVU, uh, my, my college was closer to my house than my high school was. Uh, was a walk-on there, preferred walk-on, so the coach knew of me coming in, and so I basically had a good fall to prove myself uh, – was a was a decent high school player. Hit about 350. Uh, second team All State. Uh, just I worked my butt off to get to get to that 350. And to, and I just now looking back, I realized it was just kind of my thought process on what I was working on. <laughs> that was kind of my issue. But nonetheless, I worked hard, and that swing worked for me to get me to that walk on situation. And then at UVU with Coach Manson. Um, and, and, uh, and the crew there, we, we got to learn how to hit and we got to, what they really taught us was just to not, not necessarily just know how to hit, but try to seek to understand how to hit. And I, I learned that really my sophomore year and I was watching guy and playing with guys like Jay Springerhoff, uh, who was a freshman All-American, Chris Benson, who was an All-American that year, uh, second team All-American or might've been third team, I'm not sure. But the kid is the best raw hitter I've ever seen. Um, and, you know, and some of these other guys who are just, they're in the cage nonstop, just grilling what they're doing. And luckily, uh, with playing with a lot of return missionaries um, that go and serve LDS missions, uh, they come back and they're, I'm, playing, I'm working out with guys that are 22, 23 years old, and I'm 18, 19. And I'm kind of understanding, like, wow, these guys take it serious. My, maybe I should try to understand myself, and maybe I should try to understand the way my body works and, and and I really just started at that point you know really saying hey what is hitting well how does it work and and that's you know once you when you truly when that sparks truly in your mind you just naturally it's what you think about all the time is you're just trying to think of how does it work how does it work you're just you know I look at my Instagram feeds and they're just nothing but guys hitting and it's just it's the same thing over and over but you know it's just study study so I really sparked that kind of my sophomore year. Uh, that year, I was part of one of the best uh, hitting teams in, in 
the in the nation for sure we were actually the number one batting average and we had uh we were in the top five in about like 10 other categories um we were just we just raked and uh that was the last year of the the boomsticks the those old besr bats but you know just just that that learning and that uh, obsession over hitting that year really laid the groundwork for what was to become and my junior year had a hand injury uh had a knee injury uh, so I went down, uh, had a little bit of a down year, and it was the, the switch to the new BB core bats. So obviously no excuses, but just had a down year for whatever reason. And then uh, I reprogrammed it, went out into uh, Walla Walla, Washington, had the worst summer of my career, got hurt again, dislocated my kneecap uh, for the second time, hmm. and uh, hit 205 that year. So that 205 was a really humbling experience. Um, just just i had i had no clue why i was hitting that my swing felt so good and i was i was working every day and i just 205 that was you know that's all i can say uh, and uh end up coming back that next year just keep honing it in stay with the routine uh end up having a chance to continue playing and keep my you know keep keep rolling and turn into a first team all-american where i hit four over 400 with you know a bunch of homers and led the nation in RBIs and, and just had the, the most fun season of my life because I was playing with a lot of guys that were the same way. They were obsessive and, and uh, they were always on base. And, you know, if those guys, if those guys didn't obsess and if that whole team didn't obsess on how to get on base and how to understand hitting and how to understand the offensive part of the game, then I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing today because I wouldn't have the RBIs. I wouldn't have the accolades because I really never had the coaches to say, hey, this guy is the man. This guy can ball out. So I always just had to let my bat and my, and my glove do the work. And so that's people are starting to notice. And they're kind of when they come in and they have their interview, they, they see some of the passion in the building. They see our locker room. And we got these homemade lockers that one of our parents donated. And they see Academy on them. And it's just these, these kids, they come in, they, they freaking, they're just sucked in. They're just, you know, they, they, what I want people to understand here is that we just love baseball more than everybody else. We love it more. And we want to, we want to work out with everybody. So that's kind of the path. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Hey, that actually, let me do another question with you. So just like you said, you were in that, that weird um, time in, in college baseball, like you said, where they switched over the bats. When you guys did switch over bats to the BB core, um, what's like, you know, what are some of the main adjustments that you had to make, um, throughout that time period, you know, obviously you had these these old bats that are just shooting balls over the fence. You know, those guys are hitting, you know, a crazy amount of home runs per year. What really changed in your thought process? And, you know, what did you change mechanically? You know, the thought process, we were all just mad. <laughs> yeah. At first, we were all mad. We were like, why are we the ones that don't get to use them for four years? But then, you know, obviously get over it. And, uh, and you just, you just start approaching it more like wood. You just, you realize that, Hey, you're, you're not going to have 12 inches of sweet spot anymore. You're only going to have a little, little sweet spot, which, which is fine. And, and I think that honestly, that first year of those BB core bats, um, I really think that DiMarini was behind the curve. We had those old white ones and they were so crap, but I was, but we'd play the Cougs across the street, BYU. And, and they, uh, they were using those Easton's. They had a little pop on them, but, Really, I think what it did was it saved a lot of lives um, and it <laughs> saved a lot of inflation. 
um, in numbers. And I really think it was a great move because uh, maybe I wouldn't have learned how to actually hit my senior year if I would have stayed with the BESR bats. You know, I, I really think it's teaching kids how to, how to approach and actually have to hit and hit at the next level. You know, I, cause I mean, to me, I don't, I don't think my 270 pro career is a testament to me as a hitter. I think it's just more of a testament of where I played. I played in the Northwest league. I played up in Maine. I played down in the bottom of Texas. You know what I mean? Ball doesn't fly there. It's not the pioneer league. It's not, you know, I, to me, those, the, the, if you go in ready to hit and you, all of a sudden you jump into a pioneer league, something like that, after using those BESRs, it, it just it takes the curve uh, a lot, not not as long for sure. You see a lot more, a lot less, a lot fewer metal bat swings, if you will. Gotcha. My question for you is, you know, you you always had good average numbers. Your bat to ball skills were good. With the BESR, you know, you you get that dead bat in your hand, and all of a sudden you start hitting the ball out of the yard your senior year. What was that biggest adjustment you made? Was it was it a physical? Was it mental? Was it your approach? What kind of allowed you to really elevate your power numbers? Well, you got to look at it at both ways, I think, because I think it was, I think it was mental that led to physical, because I I, I have footage of me. I, I I've always filmed my my swings. I have footage of me early January uh, of 2012 that year, um, that I that I had all my accolades and I had a good year. The my my swing is um, my feet are super wide my my line of my my hip line and my shoulder line are super flat and i'm just standing super tall so i just i i really have no chance to get behind the ball and gain leverage and all i was doing was trying to backspin it and uh when i kind of changed my mindset uh somewhere within you know i really changed my mindset to get behind the ball uh, about 10 15 20 games into my senior season where I I I stood up more, I, I gave myself a little bit of a leg kick, which I don't think that's the answer. But what it did for my six five frame is it put me in a position where I could land against my front foot and my extension with my back shoulder automatically improved because I was trying to see the ball out in front, and I and and I and I I try to be careful when I say out in front because everybody just thinks that we're talking jump out and go get it. No, I mean if my head is starting in the middle of my body, then I just have to hit it slightly out in front of where my head is. I don't want to keep my head straight down. I want to keep my head just a little bit behind it, similar to as if I was feeling a backhand, a routine backhand, not a, not a Derek Jeter backhand jump throw, but a routine backhand where you're trying to use the leverage plant and backhand where you feel the out in front of your face. I feel the same way as a hitter is. I see that baseball, and I'm, all I'm trying to do is get my barrel in slot and behind that baseball to where if my barrel releases and I'm a little bit late, it's a rocket to right. My barrel releases on perfectly on time. It's a rocket to center. If I'm a little bit early, well, because I'm six, five, two thirty, it goes out of the yard. So uh, I, I really learned to do that. And I, what, what that did for me was let me trust myself and it helped me say, okay, you put all the work in. So just go to the box and be, get behind and inside the baseball. If you get behind the baseball, you're going to let that, that leverage is going to take off. If you get inside the baseball, your barrel is going to pop late and give you that whip and that bat speed that you're looking for. And once that happened, it just, my walks went up because I wasn't worried about going to get a pitch. My, uh, you know, just everything, everything improved, not just the power numbers for sure. Yeah, that's great insight. And, you know, that kind of leads me to, 
my next question too is how much uh, do you think, obviously another side of that, there is a, there's a physical side of, you know, you being a sophomore to a senior, there's a strength component. There's, you know, uh, did you put any more size on between those, those two years as well? Did you, you know, like, you know, did your maxes go up? I mean, what, what physically changed about your body throughout those two years? No, I mean, really we had, uh, I was 230 the whole time. I've been 230 pretty much my whole career. I got to, I even got up to 255, 260 in my fourth year of pro ball, and I and you know that never really helped either. Uh, it was just I can, and I, I can honestly say that I really think it was just about the angles of which my body released my power and the way I used the ground. I mean, naturally being getting bigger and stronger, uh, getting a little older, being 22 years old, you know, yeah, I. I could see that, but I mean, I've been six five, two hundred twenty pounds since I was a junior in high school. So, leaving the yard has never been an issue. The strength wise, it's always just been, why is my power not releasing to right field correctly? Why is my ball always tailing and not have true backspin in the right areas? You know, I, I I've always noticed it. I've just never understood how to fix it, how to change it. And so once that once that little click happened of my my body angles moving and my body and I don't like to say launch angle. I don't like, cause I mean, obviously any ball off a bat has a launch angle. Like it, it, it makes sense. Like <laughs> if it goes straight down, the launch launch angle is straight freaking down, you know, but <laughs> the, the thing, the thing about it is while we try to say behind and inside is because that automatically creates that leverage angle. And that leverage angle is that little 45, degree to the ground that we're looking for where we're really trying to stay behind that baseball and if uh, if our center of gravity stays behind it then that's why those that's why Dustin Pedroia's leave the yard because they're creating that leverage that's why Ian Kindler can have that much pop and it looks so effortless still is because that leverage is still being created and it's so short compact and powerful in that area that the guys who are just super strong like I said they just get a miss balls and they just go a little bit further. You know, they get a miss yeah. balls more, more often. Absolutely. Yeah. I got it. I get what you're saying for sure. You made those adjustments going into your senior year of college, probably a little bit more developed. When do you think it's the right age to start making some of those changes? I mean, do you try to implement those with your little guys at the Academy or when, when should that focus really be a player's focus in your opinion? I don't think it's ever too early to, try to understand what you're doing the way your body's moving i mean i i got i have these three kids that i work with one's uh gonna be a sophomore at slick his name's colton moore uh he's, we got another kid uh his little brother's a provo high kid his name's walker and his little the littlest brother has got the best swing of them all and he's like eight or nine and he might even be <laughs> seven he's got the best swing of them all because he tries the least and so basically i mean if i got these seven eight-year-olds and they got a swing like that I will take that kid and I will get down to his level. I'll go into a knee and I'll say, hey, look, you are doing this so right. I want you to never change the way this body is moving, okay? When you want to try to start hitting it bigger, I don't need that little hip to start pulling out towards the pitcher and get your line all jacked up because that's what your brothers start doing, you know? And they're, they're, those guys obviously aren't. They're, you know, they're really good ball players. But it's just it's funny working with those older kids working on their, trying to keep their leverage angles and their hip not sliding forward is a lot tougher than the little guy. It's just, it's just so much easier. Now, 
with that being said, there's, it's just all about the way you interpret what the swing is. You tell a kid to stand there and play basketball defense and he gets into the athletic stance. And then you say, hey, get in the baseball stance. And they put their arms and they straighten their legs and they push their butt out. And it's like, what, what are you doing, man? It's, <laughs> why, why wouldn't you just put your hands up by your, up by your shoulder and then look o- over to the left because that's where the pitcher's standing. Like, you got to be an athlete in the box. But they don't understand that all these guys in the big leagues are, are just figuring out how to get themselves to their strongest leverage point. And that they, everybody's body works different. So uh, we'll take we'll take our eight year olds and we'll we'll try to we'll talk at and we'll tell them we'll say hey you know just try to keep that hit back try to keep the hit back and help them just try to feel that natural motion and build it as soon as possible. So basically, as soon as you get in our academy, as soon as you walk in our building, we don't try to we don't try to mold you to the way we hit. We look at the way you hit and we try to mold you to the way your body's going to work the best. And that's why we have. Norton over there telling us the way his body's the strongest. It's all of a sudden, if he's much better using his power efficiency by having his legs a little bit straighter and he can do his little skater jumps that way and use his his power out of his hip a lot better, then we're going to tell this kid to have a little bit more straight-up stance and teach him how to load his hip angle. If if he's more of like a, a kid that has to really bear down and use a lot of effort and get really low and explode out, then we might tell him to be a little bit lower and say, hey, use your Use your strength in your leg to stay down there and, and, and then let that thing fly. You know, it, it's just, it's all about who that athlete is. And that's, that's what, that is what my career did for me was just say, no, not everybody. There's not one way to hit. There's, there's so many freaking ways to hit. It's just, how do you want to hit? How do you want to approach the game? Yeah, no, that's a couple of great points. I mean, I, I tell some of our guys all the time is, you know, the thing about an approach is if you get to this simplistic version of it is an approach isn't, you know, you want to pick approach that's going to make you most successful. But at the same time, too, your approach is not going to be able to do everything. You're not going to be able to do, you know, if especially as you know, as you start getting up and guys are throwing, you know, harder and harder. And this guy's got a, you know, 70 mile an hour curve and a 95 mile an hour fastball like Kershaw or something like that. Like, you know, those, that, you know, when you have an approach, you're not going to be able to hit everything. You're just trying to set yourself in a position that you're again, going to be most successful in that moment. Maybe, you know, you know, Oh one, you know, when he gets ahead, he comes with that curveball. So again, I'm maybe I'm sitting on it, but at the same time too, if I'm sitting on that 70 mile an hour curveball, it's me a lot. Um, I you basically get no, no chance catching up to that 95 mile an hour fastball. So I think that's the biggest thing is like with approach is I tell these guys is, you know, the good thing about approach is, is you put yourself in a position to be successful, but also know within your approach, you're not going to be able to do everything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's what, that's what it is. I mean, hell, I, with my size, what do you think a guy's throwing me with guys on second and third with one out? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, not a freaking fastball, not a fastball mm-hmm. for probably the first three pitches. So where's my approach going to be in that at bat? But I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not necessarily, that's the kind of stuff, you know, Bo, to your, to your question earlier is that's the stuff we wait on. That's the stuff that, you know, progressionally it's got age groups. And once you approach high school, then we really start to pound on it. Once you, once you step into freshman year, we really start to hound on that kind of stuff where it's like, Hey, guys on second and third guys probably going to throw you a deuce a couple of times. And Hey, maybe my approach is look for that back me up hanging slider. I mean, BYU, that's literally their pitching plan. I could probably go face them tomorrow, and I guarantee they'll throw me that freaking backup, backed-up slider that hangs over the dish. That's my favorite pitch in the game, you know? And it's just that's, that's what the pitchers want to do. So teaching, the, teaching those kids at that age, the earlier they can learn it, the better it's going to be, absolutely. So when you made that adjustment to pro ball, 
play some affiliated ball and some indie ball. What was the biggest adjustment you made compared to when you were playing college and what kind of, how did you have to tailor your approach to how you were getting pitched to? It was a lot less scouted because you're, you're so, uh, in indie ball, it's just, you're, there's not as much information on you and, and they don't really care about college stuff. And, and, uh, and, but when you're in short A, it's, it's just opposite. It's just, fastballs you don't know where the fastball is going you got a bunch of raw guys uh you know for example a guy tyrone guerrero pitching for miami marlins he was on he was on my team and that guy threw about 98 but he didn't know if it was going low and in or high and outside and that's pretty scary for you know anybody <laughs> to step into the dish so uh you know as as i'm stepping in the dish having that approach and understanding like that advanced style of approach of when guys are going to throw me what how I really learned that quickly within like the first week that it's a different game. It's not the same game. This kid's out here trying to shove to get himself proven to the next level. So he's just trying to shove it at me. He's not pitching to this exact situation like they are in college because it's more one team, one dream out there. So when it's just me versus you, it's a lot more kind of street, street-like down there in, 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 in low-level uh, pro ball and that's and as you talk to some of the older guys in spring training and stuff they're like you know it it gets easier per se to hit because you can go off of a scattering report that you know is on you that's part of you the athlete is knowing your weaknesses and knowing how somebody's going to attack you and knowing that that guy has enough control like a brady lale has enough control that if he thinks he's gonna if he's going to start me with that backup slider for in He's probably not going to miss it over the dish. He's going to throw me that backed up slider that starts on my hip, but doesn't quite break in. So now I'm kind of thinking of, oh, here comes hang, hang, change, and then I, now it's a good pitch, you know. So that's that's kind of why they say it's, it gets a little bit easier as you go up because the pitchers have more control and more of a of a wherewithal of what they're doing with you, the hitter. But the but that little in betweener between D1 and the and and in the minor leagues between that higher level is just pretty much free for all let's go chuck and let's see if you can stroke this thing and that's uh that's a it's a tough kind of ball it's definitely it's you show up you got to show up to every freaking at bat and take it individually for what it's worth so it's uh but it's fun it's a great time it's it's just a way to, it's, it's something you got to go through i believe i mean the 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 wages and all that stuff there everybody whines about whatever what the freak ever because i'll tell you what starting a business you make a heck of a lot less than you do when you're freaking playing minor league ball and you got way more overhead so you know and so it, it life ain't fair so it's a good lesson that baseball is teaching everybody and and it, and it weeds out a lot of people so when uh obviously there's a lot of technology coming to the game now you know you got the rap sodos you got um, you got, you know, every sensor you can put on your bat, a million different companies making that stuff too. Um, do you, you find any of that stuff useful? You know, do you guys, you know, currently use that stuff at the academy? Is it something that you, you lean towards or is that something more, uh, do you stay on a different part of the game? What, which kind of your guys' strategy? Yeah, I like it because I can understand it. Um, I don't, I don't think that it's good for everybody because uh, I'll have a parent come in and they'll, show me their thing and they'll tell me it's like look this shows you this 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 and this and i'm like okay well what does that mean to you and there's like well uh, i'm like yeah do you know how close that number is to perfect you know like where where is that and so with our kids when we actually do that stuff with our high school kids uh i'll give them i'll give them metric sheets i have i have these little sheets downstairs that says 
this is what an average second baseman runs. This is a D1 second baseman by the numbers. This is what he runs. This is what he throws. This is how he hits. And this is the way he plays. Uh, the average corner. This is what they run. And this, you know, just so kids can understand of where they're at. So if the kid's got, if the kid's throwing 86 and he's left-handed, well, the average D1 left-handed pitcher throws 84. So you're like, so you can show the kid, look how close you are, but look how, but I'm telling you, look how far you can still go, you know, or I can say, hey, big shot, look how close you aren't, <laughs> you know, stuff like yeah. that, because it's got to go both ways. And maybe that guy, maybe that guy says, oh, crap, and kicks into gear, or he might just, he might just say, well, screw you then and, and go somewhere else, which fine, which fine, that's, that's what baseball is going to do to you anyway, you're not saying it to me, you're saying it to the game, because it's the, all we're doing is saying the game, and that's honestly why I'm choosing to do what I do is because this game has been so ruthless to me. It's been so great to me. It's just been, it's been my whole life. And these kids got to understand that it's, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. And on a baseball field, if you don't put your glove in front of your face and that ball's hit at you, you're going to get hit directly in the chops. And so I get to tell a kid, Hey, best way to not get hit in the face is put your glove in front of it. And, you know, cause I can, I can be as ruthless as the game is and because that's what's going to happen. And so, it's a it's it's good stuff, but it's uh, all those all the all the analytics and all that stuff that can be blown out of proportion. But if you can use it to show a kid how really truly close he is uh, in this game of the slightest of centimeters, then then absolutely it's something that every academy has to utilize or has somebody that understands it for sure. One thing that I think people have varying opinions on and. Um people sometimes overlook is strength and development, agility training, and more importantly, implementing that at a young age. Um, a lot of those movements, people try to do it when they're older and they're just not athletic enough. I know Norton's doing a good job here. How do you implement that into your academy, uh, mainly with those younger guys kind of preparing them for when they get into high school, when they can really put some muscle on? Yeah, you should see our weight room. I mean, it's uh, moving into our new building. One of our last expenses has been like the weights, the actual uh, plates and barbells. Really, we got our Kaiser in here. That was the first thing we wanted to get in here. We got our pull-up bars. We got our Jaeger bands. Uh, we got all that kind of stuff to where uh, we can get our kids moving and get their feet moving. Because really, we just want them to teach. We want to teach them that if they get their feet under them and they keep their head over their feet and their feet and their shoulders between their feet, then they're going to have a chance to really do anything. And so uh, at that young age, like we had uh, little Beckham yesterday, this kid is a freaking diehard. He's eight years old and he's already, and he's the longest tenured <laughs> Academy <laughs> member we have. And uh, he's in there doing his Jaeger bands and coach Matos is down there going back and putting his shoulders up and, and going and just really teaching him how to focus on these basics and stuff. And so really that's mostly what we're doing is with the young kids, we get their feet under them, get them moving a little bit, get them a little, get those feet moving, get them going quick, 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 quick. And we take care of their shoulders and we try to make sure that all that stuff's taken care of. So all the pitch counts that the people give us in tournaments and all that, we don't, whatever our kids are taking care of their arms because we're doing the right things and and norton and norton's always doing all of his research and he's he's uh he's got all of his stuff going so you know that's why i i i partner up with a guy like that is because he obsesses about his craft the way that i obsess about my craft and 
And, uh, you know, when we're in here teaching those kids that that stuff's important, then when it comes time to add strength and the coach says, hey, make sure you guys are stretching and doing your Jaegers and stuff, even though you're, you're pumping and you feel like a beast, you got to make sure you do that stuff still. It's already ingrained in their bodies and their everyday drills are ingrained in their bodies to where it's just like, what do you mean? Of course we do that crap. But now we get to lift. Now we get to put the strength on. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So what are you guys looking forward to? I mean, I, I know that um, you guys have been, you know, like you said, you're making all these investments. You're getting the academy going. If you had to project in the future, what are, what are you guys looking to achieve? Um, what are you guys looking to do differently? What's going to be your guys' niche um, going forward here um, with your guys' progressions? Uh, I don't necessarily know how much of a niche it is. I feel like loyalty is a big thing. I feel like, uh, unfortunately in my career, I don't have, I don't have a ton of coaches in my past that I can call up and they're going to be stoked to talk, uh, for whatever reason. (laughs) But, uh, you know, they, I, I just, I, I really want these kids to understand that there's somewhere that's going to be there for the long haul, that if you put a uniform on that, where that, that, that logo is on that you can go back there at any time and you are you are received well and you are, you are treated like family. And that's, that's something that I think that professional organizations do well. And I think that's something that, you know, at at UVU, we did it great and we bought into it for those, for those four years, you know, we, uh, at at least for those couple, four years, it was awesome, you know, but I want kids to keep that forever because I want them to know that no matter what they do, whether they come to my academy and they do some, they do some lessons and they get better and they develop, they're going to learn that if they're not good enough at baseball, I'm going to get them an academic, I'm going to show them how to do the academic scholarship stuff. If they are good enough at baseball and they can go on when they're done playing and they're in the, in their deer in the headlights saying, Oh crap, what do I do? They come back to us and we help them with their next steps in life. We, we give them the, we can give them the side job of teaching the lessons of all the curriculum that they've been, that's been ingrained in their head. And we can, help them progress into being young entrepreneurs or going out into the world. Cause you know, when you put this much effort into working on something and I'm, of course I'm talking about my few kids that are going to be, you know, in here for 10, 15 years, just grilling it, just loving it. You know, I, that kind of loyalty and culture is what I'm looking for so that, you know, these guys, uh, we can, we can come out and really, really just help these kids progress at any aspect of their life. And all I'm trying to do is get these parents to commit to us now. And if we commit now and we can just start working on their baseball stuff now, then we can be around for a long time and help them with their, all their stuff because we're, we went through what they went through and not necessarily every parent is, you know, not every parent had to hit a curveball and they trust me. They come and tell me that all the time and, you know, but I had to, and I had to learn how to go take a math test after. And I had to go learn how to, how to freaking have my girlfriend uh, dump me when I'm on the road, you know, stuff like that. It's like, it's just, you know, these kids got to learn that that crap's going to happen, but that stuff's just like life period. You're, you're going to go to work and you kind of let the outside life uh, affect the inside. And so the way, however you can get through each day is if we can be an avenue to help these kids and, and just be a place where they can go and they want to just, call and talk to me or come down and say what's up or whatever they can because that's something that i've missed out on my career unfortunately so if you can kind of give us a general overview of how how the experience has been as far as your gaining recognition in the state of utah i know the utah baseball academy up north has been around for a long time 
how's that process been and how have you really worked to instill that culture that you want to see you know 10 years from now oh I, it's a works in progress every day i would not say that we have instilled that by any means um but i think that if we can teach these kids to pay attention to the details do their everyday drills understand that it matters to somebody and take what they're doing when they're in this building for their three, four, five, six, whatever it may be, hours a week, that they take those hours in an extreme focus and that they they really just approach those and listen to the coaches and teach them with the utmost respect because when I send these kids off in 10 years, when they're eight and they grow up and then they're 18 and I got their whole recruiting package and I can send it out to these colleges and they can go out and do their thing, then you know I want to make sure that that, guy, that that coach knows if he wore a star on his chest or he wore – a logo from this academy on his chest that he will be a well-rounded kid. He has been worked with the whole time. He's he's been when his mom's told if his mom comes and tells us that he uh, that he's been struggling in school, we throw him upstairs and put him in the freaking uh, conference room. Say, hey, go do your homework, bro. Sorry, man, you can't do. You can't hit today. Uh, you've been you've been messing around in school. So uh, you know, just little stuff like that. I mean, kids are you know we'll have some people leave. Uh, here and there but for the most part it's just I believe that you know school society does about 75 percent of rounding a a human being and then the rest of it is just like hey figure out what your hobbies are and so if a kid takes a hobby serious and he wants to learn then I think that we can really mold that rest of that 25 percent of that human by teaching them competition and sport and athleticism and health and mentality and all that stuff so yeah that's awesome. Hey, well, you know, a big thing, a big thing that um, me and Bo kind of talk about a lot of times, and you're, you know, you obviously being a younger guy as well, is you know, Bo kind of hit on the the credibility aspect. Is obviously being young, we're all pretty young. Um, you know, how do you deal with, you know, uh, when you're dealing with a experienced coaches or coaches been working for a long time? Um, how do you deal with that? You know, gaining credibility with um, different generations and um, you know, letting them know at the same time too, even though that you're young, that, you know, you've dedicated your life to this and, uh, kind of gain that credibility with them as well. And that, that genre of people. Well, I just, I feel like they, uh, whenever I talk to people like, uh, like a Gorman Heimuller, the San Diego Padres minor league pitching coordinator, uh, you know, guys like that, uh, I just, I just try to learn from them. I take the approach to learn from them. I don't know everything. I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn from all you guys. I listen to your guys' other podcasts. I know Springer hit ball hard. We win. I know, I know all that stuff, uh, you know, and, but no Gorman, you know, those older guys, when they're doing it, I just approach them with just the learning mentality. I just, I want to learn from what they're doing. Like, and like your boy at driveline that uh, he said, when he said, I just want I seek to learn the most about training baseball players. And it's just like, yeah, if you're, if why that goes hand in hand with just when you're talking to these older guys and you're trying to learn, if you come off as a learner and not a freaking know-it-all, then people tend to respond to you better and they tend to want to, to talk and, and do it. And all I'm trying to do, and that's, you know, that's really one of the toughest things I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to make sure that all these coaches in this Valley, whether they're playing against us in our games or they're have high school teams or whatever they're doing that, look, we're trying to elevate everybody in the Valley. If everybody can get better then we all just got better and all the games are better and the games are cleaner and our 12 U games are much better. And you know, the, the umpires aren't as pissed to show up and, you know, so really it's just trying to show everybody that we're learners with the game as long. And when we're just a hub, we just happen to be hub 
in Orem, Utah. And, you know, I know that the baseball academy up in Salt Lake has been around for a long time, and that's been great. It's just unfortunately I didn't grow up in Salt Lake Valley, and the, past the point of the mountain, which is about 10 miles up the road, is too far for me. I don't go past that thing. It's like a big wall unless I'm going to the airport. So, you know, it's just one of those things that I think that it, the learning mentality really just it, it helps people embrace you. For sure. I think that's good insight for anybody getting in business in general. Um, Goose, if anybody wants to reach out to you about anything you talked to today or maybe about Real Athlete coming down, um, seeing what you guys are all about, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, my email, uh, it's goose at raacademies.com. The, uh, our website is raacademies.com, obviously. And then uh, our Instagram is RA Baseball Academy. And uh, really, that's what we do mostly. Our, our Instagram is really the one that's popping. And I just like, I like kids to send me videos if they want to just to, to learn about hitting or coaches want to talk about, talk about it or, you know, fellow coaches follow me and I, I want to follow you. I want to hear what you're doing. I want to see what you're doing so that maybe I can implement it, implement it here. Cause I, I truly mean that we're a learning organization through and through uh, and uh, we'll never stop. So. Absolutely. Well, again, Goose, you know, thank you so much for getting on, uh, letting, you know, we're, we're a big component. I know, you know, I'm not from Utah, but Bo is from Utah. I've been showing a lot of love since I've been in here in Utah. So a big thing we like to do is grab people on from Utah um, and also talk about, you know, what's what's changing, what's changing the culture around Utah and what and who's going to be the, you know, how we're going to go out, out it as a, as a family to change the organization and, ch- and change the interpretations of Utah and everything that's uh, coming forward with it. So we appreciate how you come on with us today. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's a, it's, it's a good, it's good because not everybody gets to hear us rant all the time and just kind of talk freely. So uh, I appreciate you guys having me and uh, I'll do it anytime. Thanks Goose. Awesome. Thanks Goose. Man. So great that Goose could sit down with us for a minute. This call takeaway is brought to you by quality at bats. Don't forget to visit qualityatbats.com to further your mental approach to the game. Yeah. Goose is really onto something down there at real athlete. Uh, it was a good career. I think he can influence some others. What was your biggest call takeaway, Joey? I think it's just the biggest part. Um, you know, the biggest thing that I pulled from it is definitely um, having a bigger view of the game. You know, it's not about your academy. It's not about, um, you know, your, you as a coach. It's not about all those things. It's about um, the people in general, your players, right? You're all of us getting better and, and really just moving forward the game. And if we keep that approach, we take a lot of the egos out of it. You know, we take the, we take the ego out of it. We, we take it, that that personal vendetta that we have and a lot of things just slide more past us and we 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 do what we're out here to do in the first place and we remember why we started and that's to move the game forward and to get the players better and to make the game better how about you Bo? yeah i agree um one the thing i liked he talked about was having that uh learning mindset you know is it doesn't matter if you're new it doesn't matter if you're old um we, we can always learn and it is our obligation to make our players better and move the game forward I really liked how he said um, the game's done a lot of great things for him. So it's his obligation to learn and to push the game forward, like you mentioned. So just kind of reiterating what you said and, and building off of it with that learning approach. Absolutely. Well, hey, guys, as always, you know, again, we're just putting out more and more information. Love to hear back from you guys, what you guys like, what you guys want to hear next time. Um, make sure make your way over and, and, and share some of this stuff on, on social media. Um, get onto our website, thesystem.farm. I'm going to have a whole bunch of things on there. There's there's a whole bunch of resources on there that you guys can use. 
um, comment on there too. What are some things that you're struggling with? Is, is there a certain document that you guys like to have? Has somebody mentioned something that you would like to have? Would you like us to create something? Me and Bo love to create. So let us know if there's something you guys want us to, to get into, if it would really help you and your programs. And uh, again, stay tuned. We got some things coming here forward. And until next time, Farm System out. Ah.